Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And today, as always, I'm joined by my very special friend, Pastor Becky Alcantar. Hi, Becky. Hello. How are you my doing this morning? I'm sorry. doing great. She was jumping right into her script. I was jumping right in. I'm ready to go today. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, so yes, let's do it again. So is my friend Becky Alcantar. Hi, I'm Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. And how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. So you're you. not depressed? I'm not depressed today. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing okay, right? Um, depression is the topic that we're jumping right into. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon or unlikely for me to be feeling a bit depressed because of the season that we're in. And I bet there are a lot of you who... Uh, have been enduring, enduring the past few months, have been in a lot of stress, have faced a lot of challenges and obstacles, and things have uh, turned on a dime several times on us. And perhaps you're feeling that again as we try to enter into what we would uh, quote-unquote call a normal season or a normal schedule, and it's not quite working out the way we would have experienced in past uh, fall seasons. Or, right. So uh, really, once we understand what depression is and what it's trying to do for us, uh, we can then uh, address some of those uh problems that we can see with depression or additional challenges that depression can lead us into uh, when we don't understand what depression is designed for, what it's asking us to do, and how it can actually help us. Yeah, I love that because I feel like... Depression is a word that we throw around willy-nilly, mm -hmm. that if someone just seems like they're down in the mouth, right. what are you depressed about? Like, I feel like it's just, you know, sure. it's mm -hmm. almost, so like always, I love that we, like, let's get a more clinical definition of the term so we're not using it uh, incorrectly or we're not using it, uh, you know, in things that don't really apply. So we, mm -hmm. Technically speaking, then, what is depression? Yeah, there are so many facets to depression. And so we're just going to touch the tip of the iceberg, really. We could spend, I think, a session on each type of depression that we can encounter. Um, you've probably heard of seasonal depression, postpartum depression, uh, premenstrual depression, situational depression, atypical depression, clinical depression. I mean, the list goes on and on because we do use it to cover a wide spectrum of uh, experiences, thoughts. Uh, behaviors, uh, uh, lack, uh, challenges. So, yes, we absolutely like to define it. And again, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg here. Um, but depression is more than when we feel sad, down, or lethargic. And I think sometimes we use depression to, or the word depression to, express that, that, oh, I'm feeling sad right now, so oh, I'm feeling depressed. And that's not exactly what depression is. All of us can experience one or more uh, symptoms on occasion um, of sadness or feeling down, like tiredness, trouble concentrating, lack of interest in spending uh, time with our friends or doing our favorite activities. That doesn't necessarily mean that we are depressed. So when you go through those lists of, am I depressed, you may hit a few of those, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. What depression is, is the way our body and our brain protect us from trauma by shutting down our nervous system so that we can adapt to something that at present we cannot handle. Now think of how broad that is, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you're encountering um, a difficult work season, if you're uh, feeling sick, uh, if your child is going through a change in life and, and you're having more to do because of that, um, you may your brain and body may go, whoa, there's a lot happening here. Let's shut some things down. Let's slow down a little bit because this is a lot to process and to handle right now. 
Now put that in the scope of what we've been experiencing in 2020, and I know that there are a lot of us excuse me, experiencing depression for the very first time. Uh, maybe we've been happy and we're the life of the party and we're the ones who bring others up and we're finding that we're having moments where we're feeling downcast, where we're feeling uh, tired, where we're feeling not as optimistic as we previously have felt. And maybe those people who look to you, now you're feeling a bad and maybe ashamed or uh, maybe embarrassed that you're struggling with these as well when you thought this wasn't something that you would ever encounter or ever struggle with. Uh, so depression is pretty broad, but we can get into more details. Uh, second uh, way we can define depression is uh, is when we experience a stress and our brain is attempting to de-stress. So if you think about the word depression, it's depressurizing whatever pressure or whatever stress that we're encountering today. Um, so any life change that you might be experiencing, if you're moving right now, if uh, you're going to a new job, if you're moving just from working in an office building to your home and have had to rearrange some things and rearrange some schedules, um, it is when our our brain is telling us there are too many stresses right now, so we're, we need to de-stress. It's kind of that pressure point when there's the... Uh, the boiling water, right? And the tea kettle kind of goes off. It's letting us know, hey, there's a lot going on right now. You need to take time to address this and depressurize yourself from what's you're, what you're encountering right now. I feel like the current season <clears throat> encapsulates all the definitions that you just laid out. Yes. Like, I feel like people aren't just like, you know, going through a bad thing at work or going through a bad thing at home or going through a bad thing with their friends or with their health. They're going through all the bad things right now. Like it's a, it's a compound fracture. Right. Right. Like I think about a friend of mine. She's this really great lady um, who like has beat cancer twice now. Mm -hmm. She's like this warrior. She's yeah. like fierce. She's like, you know, but like right now, you know, she's got to, she's got to have her kids at home because of COVID school stuff. Right. Right. And then she's got her husband. Uh, had a change at work where now he's got to work uh, nights instead of days, mm -hmm. and so so she's got she's got to keep her kids home, yet keep her kids quiet mm -hmm. while her husband sleeps, right? Right, and then he'll wake up and leave for work, right? There's no res respite, respite, res. There's no she doesn't get a break. Okay, yep, <laughs> a respite. Respite? I don't know. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> so she doesn't get a break. She never gets a break, right? Mm -hmm. And to ask for a break would make her a jerk, mm -hmm. right? So then she feels that mm -hmm. on top of it, right? So like, mm -hmm. and is she a good mom? Like, how could she be good? Because she's got short. And we're finding out from what you just said that her brain like is making her body shut down so yeah, she can process. Yeah, her too. <laughs> right? She needs to do more physically. Mm-hmm. Her brain's shutting down, so no wonder why she's walking around like Eeyore, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like no wonder why that happens. And so, you know, if it happens in one area of her life, in COVID, it's happening almost to all of us in all areas of our lives. Right. And that's why we need to understand what depression is, what it's trying to ask us to do, how it's trying to help us, really, and then uh, and then address it in that way. The problem is, and that's why there's so much concern, that there are, is a large number of people who are not getting any respite. I think that's the right word. Yeah. They're not getting any relief. They're not getting a break. It's one uh, 
situation, challenge compounded onto another, onto another, onto another. And that's when depression can get dangerous in that if we remain in that state for a prolonged period of time, the brain can start to experience changes in the brain chemistry, right? So you have hormones and you have chemicals that are being released to try to encourage you to slow down, take a break and address and let your body heal and recover. But we don't want to do that, right? Well, like if, we, if our body wants to slow down, we feel like, why am I sleepy all the time? Why right. do I need to take so many naps? Gosh, I'm such a lazy bum. There's so much to mm-hmm. do. And why am I so lazy? I'm good for nothing. I'm yeah. not worth anything, right? Yeah. Like you can feel where, you know, that snowballs. For sure. Because then what do we do? We try to find something new to motivate ourselves. And what does that do? It pushes more adrenaline and cortisone onto our bodies than what happens. Is this unhealthy cycle? Is this perpetual cycle? Because then our bo- our brain and body is going to re- respond by releasing more of those chemicals to slow us down, and then we're trying to amp it up even more because we're trying right. to keep going. And th- so now we'll introduce artificial means, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So now we'll try to like, so we'll try to drink more coffee, or drink more soda, or drink more something, yep. right? Or take more something, yeah. right? And here's where what happens is that your body starts to adapt. So with those changes in chemistry so do the changes happen in the response of your neurotransmitters, which means that it gets more and more difficult to overcome them. You become more and more numb. You need more and more. So your body now is flooded with this war that's going on inside of you that we're creating somewhat because we don't understand what it was trying to do for us. Instead of heeding what our brain and body is saying to us and going, okay, in the midst of all of this, how can I be creative? Because we're in this cycle, now our brain is shutting down going, no, you don't need to be creative. We need to go back to the stem root of survival and you need to eat, breathe, rest, right? Um, and, and drink water. That's all it is asking you to do right now. So when you feel like you're not being creative, and you can't be creative, it's because you're brain is saying, hey, we got to get just to the basics again, because there's too much going on. And once you listen to it, and once you heed it, and once you enter into that, then it will start to light up the rest of your brain again to allow you to get creative and to rationalize and to work through what you need to work through until you do that. And here's where I often say you have to go through it, you can't bypass it, you can't skip it, is that once we do that, it will release that it will allow that to happen, but not until you do. So you're fighting a losing battle and that you're fighting the very uh, tools and flags and resources that God created you with to help you to thrive and get through difficult times. Rest is a good thing. Taking a break is a good thing. However, when we've been in that prolonged state and we end up staying that way, um, now it's difficult for us to get out of that. That's when it becomes a problem. Because like when I think about like if I were as an artist, right, as a photographer, if someone told me I need you to document depression, mm-hmm. right? So then for me that looks like, you know, someone curled up in bed, right, facing the wall or facing the, you know what I mean? Not like reading or not, you know, just like <clears throat> completely isolated. Mm-hmm. And you could see where we would do that because if our mind's telling us that you have to like, I need to turn off some of the stimulus, mm-hmm. right? I got I to gotta slow down so I'm not moving around and seeing and doing things. I need to isolate so I'm not s- seeing and experiencing people, right, who will make more demands on me. So you could see where a depressed person would isolate, would, mm-hmm. you know, set themselves apart, where that, that would be like what they're inclined to do. But again, it goes back to this idea that well, we fight that. We mm-hmm. fight that because we think that, that there's some connotation to that. There's right. some, you know, oh, I don't want to be a loner or, oh, I don't want to be a martyr or, oh, I don't want to, you know, because of how our world works, there's all these tags that will get assigned to that. Right. If I just try to take a break for a second, mm-hmm. 
you know, and and that's not a good place to be. Right. I, ultimately, what we're created to do is to heal, right? So just like when you get a wound or a scab immediately, or when you get a wound, your body will immediately work on making a scab, right? So to heal you from that so that you can get through it. It does the same thing internally as well in our brains and in our emotions uh, and physically. So uh, knowing that God created our bodies with this he- healing capability, um, we have to understand that our brain also goes to work to help us heal and recover from trauma and Sorry. exhaustion. I'm going to stick a pin in that because yeah. I just want to talk about that God piece for a second. Yeah. Because I think about that a lot. Like uh, the other day, um, Abe, my kid, he's 11. He's fantastic. You should know him if you don't. Anyway, he's started a business where he uh, goes out and um, pressure washes mm-hmm. uh, garbage bins, mm-hmm. right? Because no one wants to do that job and you can't really do it with your own hose. You know what I mean? Like you just, it takes a pressure. Not a lot of people have pressure washers. Anyway. Nope. <laughs> so, but then he was like, he had school one day, but there was a bin appointment. So I went and did it. And, but the people's trash had like poo in it. Like actual, oh. not just like, it was, it was a really crappy trash bin. No, it was like literally a trash bin full of crap, right? Oh, no. Which is gross. People don't do that, man. Like, put it in a bag or something, or put it out back, or anyway. And they were wondering why, like, why their trash bin stunk. I'm like, oh, it's filled with crap, lady. Anyway, can you say crap on the podcast? I think so. Anyway, so anyway, so spraying it out, and then of course, you know, I'm trying to spray it out, and then like some gets on my leg. I'm wearing shorts, and some gets on my leg, and I'm mm-hmm. super grossed out by it, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. So then I take the pressure washer, not thinking, <laughs> as though it's a hose, to like just spray that little bit of poop off my leg and it it cuts my leg open the pressure washer yeah so then it starts bleeding and i'm watching it bleed i'm like this is the point of the port story like i'm amazed at the creation yes and the creativity yes right like why does it bleed well it bleed you know because at first i gotta stop the bleeding because it's bleeding i'm gonna bleed yes you could bleed up but the the body's performing an act like you say Mm -hmm. to like to coagulate to to you know Mm -hmm. like you know like we're gonna push all this blood out because if something was in there that cut you we want to get the cutting thing out of you the yes. foreign obstacle obstacle out of right. you so i'm going to bleed a whole ton at yes. first to make sure nothing stays and then that blood's going to coagulate and start to solidify and if i you know blah 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 like what an amazing creation right. that is right yeah you know so like to think to somehow think that i'm the product of two surprise elements in space a jillion years ago that collided don't know where the two giant elements came from and they collided and there was a big bang mm-hmm. right and then they, somehow they created like some single cell being on one of the elements and then that divided and made <laughs> two cells and then it became a all fish. the coincidences right, that yeah. would have to occur and then that became occur. an amphibian and that amphibian became just a you know something and then i don't know mm-hmm. there's just no way that when you look at them at the, at, I, I wanted to say the magical nature, but even yeah. that. The wonder and the mystery. Right. Right. Because it's, it's not magic, mm-hmm. right? That it's like someone intentionally said, this is how it's got to be. Right. And thought that through. And so as you're talking, I'm going to get you back to the brain. But like, I just love that, that parallel that you're drawing about how, why we bleed, why we scab, why we, you know, mm-hmm. because our body's trying to heal itself as much as it possibly can. Yes. I mean, like we can't grow limbs back like a gecko or whatever, but like, right. you know, the fact that we can, our body can heal itself is an amazing right. thing. And the re and to think 
that our brain would work any different than our fingers or our knees or like wherever the poop landed on my shin, right? Like to think that our brain would work any different, it was ridiculous. Of course, it's going to try to heal itself. And yet we haven't really acknowledged that. What I love about the time we're in right now is that we do see science aligning with scripture. Things that scripture said to us, we're like, oh, that's what the scripture meant by that, that I can have... um, a change of mind that I can renew my mind. And what we know that um, our brain recreates cells and it uh, dies off and and creates new things all the time that we can actually create new processes in our brain and how we see things. Uh, I do believe in evolution to the extent that God made us to grow as well. Right. And so we're constantly growing and becoming new people uh, as we shed the things that really don't belong to us, or maybe that we're broken or, or we're, you know, just off, off a little bit. I always say we're just a couple clicks over on the dial. We're not as far as we think that we are. Uh, We are so much closer to that healing and wholeness that uh, God intended for us. uh, And we can feel like we're football fields away from it. And really it's right within our reach because of the way that he created us. So to know that if I'm going through trauma, if I'm going through stress, if I'm going through uh, emotional or mental exhaustion, that immediately my body is going to go to those places to try to heal me and help me from that is amazing uh, because there's two sides to, uh, to healing. And one is action in that um, you can get in the way of your healing, right? So as you were talking about your gushing wound, like you can get in the way of that um, and not let it do what it's trying to accomplish, or you can aid it, right? You can aid it with, you know, cleaning it and allowing it to flow until you're sure that the object that might be there is out of the way. But then it requires some rest. Once you do the bandaging up, now you got to elevate it, right? You got to give it some rest and some consideration. And that's what depression is encouraging us to do. Uh, When it's in its first stages, depression in its original thought to depressurize us from the stresses of the world. That's what it's trying to accomplish. Now, when we have had it going on for a prolonged time, when we've ignored it or when um, it just been chronically happening, that's when there is a cause for concern, right? There's a point where we've gone too far uh, just with anything. Any good thing can become a not so great thing. Um, Our our greatest uh, strength can become our greatest weakness if we don't understand it and acknowledge it and use it for what it's meant to do. So, that's where we talk about, and that's why I said, you know, depression is such a broad cat- or broad topic. Um, but if you're going from situational depression and that, you know, I'm feeling this way because of a specific cause or reason or, or whatever that is, then uh, there's also clinical depression. And uh, clinical depression is uh, when there's been a regular and prolonged uh, cluster of symptoms for two weeks or longer. And I love just having a practical, practical just measure of When do I know? When can I say, you know what, this has gone on too long? And I'm not saying in a two-week span of time you've had a a night or two where you're like, I just want to turn on the Netflix and I just want to have, you know... uh, uh, my favorite drink, I think you said once your favorite thing is rice. I just want to yeah. sit down and have rice tonight, yes. right? <laughs> yes. And uh, whatever that is, if you've had a couple of bouts of that in a two-week period, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for two weeks straight, every day and night, you have been in this state where you have been depressed. All you want is the comfort. And now the comforts, those temporal comforts, those little coping mechanisms that you use that actually get you out of that uh, depression are not working anymore. And you're requiring more and more. So if you go to a glass of wine because that settles you down, but now you're drinking a bottle of wine uh, every few days or every, you know, day or even more dangerous than that. 
when it's for two weeks and it just won't let up, that's when we're talking about a clinical depression in that something has changed. Something has changed in your brain chemistry. Something is not quite working. Your body's goal is to get you out of that depression. So it's going to invite you in because what it wants to do is to get you to a state where it can take you out of there. And if it's not taking you out of there, something is off. Some lever is broken. Some chemical is not working. And that's when you need to seek additional help. And those are the images that you talked about, the isolation, right? There's nothing wrong with isolation. We all need isolation in that we need isolation with God, right? We need time, quiet time, solitude, silence to have these conversations with God to let what he made in us and how he designed us to work and then our relationship with him to actually help that to flourish and take us out of that place. Um, If that's not happening, now we need to go and seek some professional help. We need some aid, some temporal aid, and I want to impress temporal. If you get help soon enough, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in, and you go to a physician and you go to a mental health professional, they can get you help to help that mechanism that's not working currently working again, right? It's kind of like the jump start. However, if we let that go on and on and on and we don't get the help we need, we can actually break something down permanently, right? We are human. Uh, We live and we die. And so there are some things that we can permanently damage. Now, I hate to say permanently because I believe in healing and wholeness and and the miracle of healing that we only see through Jesus Christ. And so I won't say always and never because nothing is impossible for God, but it can be a longer experience. This is when we get into chronic depression where someone says, this is something I struggle with all the time. Now, again, if you're struggling once a week, once a month, during the fall season, which there's seasonal depression, right? It gets darker, it gets colder. Um, it's something that many of us struggle with and aren't even aware of it. Um, that's that's one thing. But when it's ongoing and it doesn't, it's more than the winter blues is what we like to say, and it continues on and it's debilitating to your life where you're not engaging in life-giving activities, that you don't enjoy the things that you once enjoyed before, and it's just not letting up, that's when you absolutely without shame and immediately reach out to someone to help you to get to the place that you need to get to, to get the help you need, because we need you here. Let's talk about those stages for a second or the, the spectrum of help. So <clears throat> you know, the, our, our mind will tell us to slow down. And if, we, if we're sensitive, we'll slow down, mm-hmm. right? If we're sensitive to what our mind's telling us to do, we'll, you know, take a day off or we'll take a whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just to then, so that's one end of the spectrum of, of seeking help. The far end of the spectrum is I got to check myself into a <laughs> right. you know, place. But what are the steps in between? Like, is it like, mm-hmm. you know, should we be engaging friends that we're positive, care about us deeply? And right. for those of us who are believers, care about Jesus deeply so that we can have a conversation. So we have a, a sounding board, you know, yes. that, where we can talk about that. And then, you know, is that the, is that the first step? Or Because I don't always feel like, I wrote this down. I wasn't going to talk about this right now, but I, I don't always feel like the people that are the closest to us mm-hmm. are always the best people that should be the first people we go to. I think that the people that um, the people that we love the most and live with the most aren't all are sometimes too close, mm-hmm. you know, to provide a, a, an objective, you know, ear or an objective heart to right. what we're going through because what what we're going through is affecting them. Sure, the hitch in our giddy up is now hitching their giddy up. Yeah, it really depends on 
each individual and how they're designed and what their makeup is, right? So if you have a loved one who just wants to make everything better, right? They're like, you're fine. It's going to be fine. Nope. Don't say those things. Um, I love my husband, uh, but sometimes uh, he'll go to the, well, don't say it. Like, don't say it. And there's some truth to that, right? Don't say it because if I'm saying it, I'm bringing that to life. I'm accepting it as true and uh, acceptable and part of my life. And I don't want to do that. But sometimes we have to acknowledge what's going on. So yeah, our loved ones will want to make it better. um, And they may not be equipped with the tools or the questions or the understanding of depression and how it works to actually ask us the questions or give us the help that we need, right? We're all individually designed. That's why we can't rely uh, just on that circle. What you want really is to find someone uh, that has some self-awareness that maybe uh, also has struggled with this and you're aware of that and you can ask them, okay, what are the steps that you've gone through to deal with this? You know, how far has it gone? How far have you have to go in your treatment? Uh, So that's one that you want to find someone with self-awareness. But I actually read something this morning. And I thought it was so appropriate. I said, don't ask someone you wouldn't trade places with about what you're going through. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's so true, right? If I know of somebody um, who who talks about this frankly and uh, objectively, and I think that's where that comes in, where when we ask our family members, right, they're invested, they're concerned, they're emotional about it. So they may not have an objective point of view on how to help you through that. Now, if you you need the care, you also need the care and and the comfort, right, and the encouragement that comes from that as well. But yep. if you're feeling like you need some practical tools and you're not getting them from your family member uh, members, then you definitely need to seek elsewhere. So I always say that there's three asks that you have to uh, do. So the three asks are, can you identify something uh, that may be sending you toward the road to exhaustion and depression? So what is happening right now that needs to change? And we may not be able to change the condition of the world and what we're experiencing right now, but we can uh, change our every days, right? So our day to day. So for the mom that you gave as an example, and just keep her kids quiet, this might be a great opportunity to have some uh, quiet family time or quiet family activities. Maybe today is the day. Um, and I think about this more during the holidays, but maybe today is the day to uh, grab that favorite movie and make some popcorn and get the blankets and sit on the couch and cuddle, right? Your body is craving all of that. It's telling you to slow down. Why don't you slow down and invite the people around you to do the same? What is happening today that may be sending me toward this road to exhaustion and depression? If there is something that is affecting you, for many of us there is, then okay, now I know this is situational. Now this is something I can see the steps and how I got here. So now I know the steps on how to get out. I need to acknowledge the rest so that I can get creative, so that I can walk back uh, out the same path that I came in. Uh, the second one is, <clears throat> are you in a season of depression right now? So what actions and home remedies can you start to alleviate the effects of depression today? So is this something I know that's coming? I know that I get seasonal depression when it gets dark out. I know that a blue light helps me at my desk uh, during the day because I don't get to go outside uh, often enough. I know that I need to amp up my vitamin D. I know that um, there's certain foods that I should not have. Uh, I need to cut back a little bit on the dairy because that makes me lethargic and, and a little more tired because my digestive system is having to work 
extra hard. Being aware of these very simple things of how your body works. Okay, I know this is a season I'm coming into. I know I'm coming as an accountant. I knew when I was coming into busy season, right? We were going to work a lot. So I had to be extra careful about what I was putting in my body, what I was making it do. If I'm eating a bunch of junk food, now my body is working extra hard to have to separate the toxins um, from the, the temporal things, from the actual nutrition that may perhaps be in the thing I just ate. And if I didn't give it any nutrition at all, now after it did all that work to sort that stuff out, it doesn't even have any fuel left to actually move forward. When I'm aware of those things, like, wow, I can do something to help me through this season because it's only a season. And then the third one is, have you been depressed for too long and are feeling overwhelmed? Has it been more than two weeks? Has this been an everyday occurrence that no matter what you do in the first two questions that you ask, it doesn't seem to be sticking? It's not working out right now. Is it time now to reach out and tell someone um, and then to get professional help? And in the telling someone, that's different for everyone, right? For, For some of us, we get fueled by being with other people people. For some of us, we get drained by being with other people. And a lot of people categorize that as an introvert, extrovert. Um, I think there's whole books written about it. Um, I know there are. I've read them. Um, But it doesn't have anything to do with that. What fuels you? Um, I love how Pastor Sonny says here at Life Church, what uh, stirs your affection for Jesus, right? What stirs you to life-giving optimistic perspectives. What is it that I, when I do these things, I feel better. I feel relief, right? That may be people, but if it's not, don't be ashamed of that, right? Maybe people actually drain you because you were super empathetic. And so you take on their problems or you want to help them. And so instead of getting relief and getting help, you're actually taking on more burden, which is just compounding the problem. So you really have to, again, the self-awareness, how does oppression work? What is it asking me to do? Is there a certain time or certain things that actually send me into a season of that? And what can I do to prepare? What steps can I take? What can I put on my calendar? I'm such a big advocate of the calendar. I carry around a printed um, planner to this day. And I I have all the Google and all the electronic ones as well. But when I lay it out, it's just um, therapeutic for me to go, okay, here's what I have to do this week. And here I'm going to physically move this somewhere else because I don't have space for that. But I'm also going to intentionally plan for and schedule time for me to care for myself, to be compassionate toward myself, uh, self-care, and then also to ask myself these questions, right? Because you can't just ask yourself on the fly. Now, if you have a big commute, that might be a great time to ask yourself those three questions. How am I feeling? What's going on today? And what do I need to do to address those things? And then think of something fun before you're exhausted and your brain has shut down completely to just the like basics that I can be creative. Oh, you know what would be great tonight? I actually did that this morning with uh, my family. You know what would be great tonight? That new show that we've been waiting for came out on Netflix. Let's have a family movie night because it's been a rough week. We've all been really busy. There were a lot of things that came up that we had to address and deal with. I'm sure many families, many moms and dads and and singles are facing the same thing. Can you go, you know what? This has been a hard week. So what are we going to do about that today? What can we do about that tonight? And if I can't do something tonight, can I plan for Saturday? Saturday, I have a bit of time and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my favorite cheese and cracker and salami and set it out and and just sit outside because it's beautiful and the colors are changing and I'm just going to be in silence and enjoy that little moment because I want to care for myself. Maybe for you is I, I really need to go for a walk. I really need to go for a long walk because my body is tense and anxious and I just need to be kind for to it. So I could go work out and do a CrossFit routine, but that probably would put more stress on my body in a time where I'm feeling stressed. 
how about I go for a long walk where I can just release all the tension and the energy that has been building up in me so that I can clear my thoughts so that I can creatively and actively and rationally move forward in whatever I need to do. Can we go back? Thank you. Can we go back to like a f- flow chart mm-hmm. of, of um, solution? So I love all the things that you just said because they're all amazing and they're all like self-help, fix it at home, mm-hmm. right? And then we, I kind of touched on the idea of maybe finding someone, mm-hmm. you know, that it's you because you started saying self-aware or someone that maybe has been through something similar or someone that you know loves you mm-hmm. and just asking if you can have a frank conversation with yeah. them, right? Try to talk it out. See what happens when you get the words outside of your head, yes. right? And into space and see how that might help. And if right. that, so then did that help? Yes or no? No. Now the next step, yes. right? Like for me, that would be something like your company's EAP program, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's always some kind of free counseling. And, you know, I feel like there's no shame in that. It's, no. uh, it's, it's confidential. It's a resource available to you, right? And it's confidential. Right. So just like there's a nurse at your work and if you fell down at work, because of something with the machine, you would go to the nurse at work and get fixed. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with having trouble with your head, right? Right, with your mind, with your heart, with your spirit, and then going to the company nurse to see what they can do about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that might be a next step, right? Because it's not super right. involved. It might just be someone who might have a little bit more clinical training than your friend who's just self-aware. Now we've got someone who's self-aware and might have some clinical training. Yeah. Right? So let, I love that idea of a flow chart. So let's walk through a couple more. So you talked to a friend and did that help? Yes or no? Okay. My next question to you would be, has that person gone through their own journey? Have they gone through journey to wholeness? I really, I've talked about that. We've got to work on this. I've talked about putting a badge on every single person in the Army of Journey to Wholeness alumni who have walked through this journey, who can at least go to say to you, yes, I experienced this, or you know what, I learned about this, and I think this would be helpful to you. So then the next step would be, is there some group program, some group place, some talking group that gets together to talk about these issues and to support and help one another. Journey to Wholeness is one example to that. Uh, There's many, many more. Actually, my daughter is a uh, participating in a oh I think it's called a hope uh, it's a hope group and as I looked at it I was like baby this is journey to wholeness to get and talk to high schoolers which I love talking about stages of uh, depression and grief and stages um, of uh, how to set boundaries in your life beautiful things to be teaching teenagers sure. uh, that they can engage in so again there's so many different groups and communities that are trying to be a help to help bridge that for you, help you to be more aware and to see if that helps. Now, we know that we're for anyone, but not for everyone. So you may go through a program like that and you go, you know what? I did that and it didn't, it didn't quite do it. Now we're taking you to the next step. Um, Along with, you know, are you in a group or community? Church is a place that everyone, you know, many people go to. Let me go to church. Let me find some people who are forward seeking. They're seeking their growth. They're looking to be more like Jesus. And I want to be around people like that. For many, many people, that is the solution to what they're experiencing because they're getting a weekly infusion, if not multi multiple times during the week, infusion of uh, encouragement and help and practical tools and resources. Um, and then if, if that's not the case, we absolutely are, uh, are proponents of 
all of our mental health professionals in the area. And so that may mean now that you need to go talk to a mental health counselor who can sit with you and work through, you know, where those obstacles lie. Uh, and then, you know, you go to the next step, a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, uh, people who could, if there is a chemical imbalance, if there's something lacking, uh, some medical reason that you need to address can help you to get those temporary uh, fixes. Um, that sounds bad. <laughs> temporary assistance in terms of medication to help you. So that you can get to that place where the church and the journey to wholeness, et cetera, will work for where you. Where you can work on the logistics of your life right. to relieve the pressure that's causing the depression in the exactly. first place. And right. so, the, and, so the, and again, when we get to this thing about counselors and therapists and psychotherapists and psychologists and psychiatrists, I think I said that in the proper yeah, order, yeah. that I feel like, you know, we all feel like there was a stigma attached to that mm. as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're going to go see a head shrinker now? Mm-hmm. Okay, the, and so it's not like that. It's no. not, you know, and so like having... We tend to mock what we don't understand. Right. And for the generations before us, it, these are very, very new concepts. I didn't realize, I guess, just being a product of the time I grew up in, how new these concepts were for our parents and our grandparents. So, of course, they may have looked at that and gone, uh, just like in thousands of years before they were like, you know... Scripture and science, they're the opposites. They're enemies. Right. Really, they're not. They each help us to understand the other side. And when working together, they really have the power and potential to help us to that wholeness we're looking for. Right. Yeah, because I mean, if we look at the, you know, at the ascent of, you know, Freud and psychoanalysis, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. that's not that long ago. No, it's not. You know what I mean? And so you could see where early on, there was where people were looked at as like snake oil salesmen or, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, like, like chiropractic, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people like chiropractic. Essential relatively oils. New, right? Right. What this insane, crazy people. <laughs> So anyway, know that if you're going through a difficult time, saying that you're going to go see a counselor or admitting you're going to go see a counselor or a mm-hmm. therapist, there's nothing weird that happens. No. There. There's no, I mean, as far as that's been in my experience, there's no weird couch. There's no weird, no. you know, cigar smoking, note taking guy that, you know, asks you about your dad. Yeah. It's, it's much, it's much more of a conversation. It's no different than when you go, wow, I need to get in shape physically. When you go to a gym to look for that, right? You're looking for people who are going on a common journey. So that would be going to group therapy, or you're looking for an expert to help you, to guide you through that because it's new to you, Right. It shouldn't be new to any of us. Unfortunately, it is. And we're getting better now that we have programs in the high schools. I'm hoping this next generation has a better awareness. And I think we're doing actually a really great job. But even if you look back to scripture, and this is what was eye-opening for me, that if you go back to scripture, you find all through scripture people who had uh, bouts of depression and anxiety, and they were struggling with their mental health as well, right? Well, the greatest heroes of the Bible. The greatest heroes of the Bible. So, Paul. Paul confesses that he suffers from despair and suffering, and he has to lean on God for relief. Second Corinthians one, but also David and Job. If you want to read the longest story ever about someone who is suffering and having bouts of depression, read Job, uh, Elijah, Jonah. They all deal with feelings of despair, depression, and loneliness. Uh, Psalms, uh, Job's, Kings, Jonah. Honestly, just read the Bible, and you will run into somebody who was struggling with that because there are difficulties in this life. Jesus said that to us, right? You're going to encounter these things. What we can do now, though, is be aware that uh, we were made uh, to heal, that we were made in a certain way to help us to overcome, but also that we have God who is with us always and who is encouraging us and wants us to understand how he made us. Like, we're his masterpiece. If you ask an artist about what they made, they are happy to explain to you in fine detail, right? And now that's what we're getting. Did we have it all right? You know, you mentioned Freud. Did we have everything right? No. I mean, I've read some books about Freud and, you know, he was a person too. 
right. And yep. so he didn't have it all right, but he endeavored. He he sought to know more about how we were created and how God created us and how the inner workings of ourselves uh, really work toward our good, but also how they can debilitate us when we don't understand us and how uh, we can be victim to them when we don't actually take action uh, to understand ourselves better and then to understand you know, what these things are asking us to do and then how we can use them as tools to move forward. Can I just do a little sidebar right here? Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about the people that we're closest to, the people that we uh, love and live with. And so I feel like sometimes, you know, speaking of this idea of, of being insensitive. So like uh, a couple of weeks ago, my dad passed away. And um, uh, this isn't about that. But it's about how my dad, notoriously, if you asked any of his kids, he, he would always say, you know, like if you got hurt, he would say, you know, shut up, quit your crying, mm-hmm. you know, walk it off. Right, walk it off was a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk it off. Yeah. Right, and so, um, I feel like we do that to the people we love the most. Like we, you know, because we have to deal with it in our lives. When uh, the people in our lives are hurting, we tend to dismiss that because we see it, and so, and it affects us. And I, I just want to encourage you to to give space and grace to the people around you that. Like no one's done this COVID thing before. No right. one's done this masking thing before. Right. No one's certainly no one's done that plus race plus presidential elections plus no one's done this. No one's done this before. Right. So how we're dealing with it, it's new for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that just because someone isn't going through it or trying to handle it the same way that you would makes their way wrong. And so if you truly love people especially the person you're supposed to love or the people you're supposed to love, even the neighbors that, cause I mean, as believers, we're supposed to love everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that includes them to extend this idea of space or grace to them and try to figure out, figure out is not mm. even a word. No. <laughs> find out and figure out is figure out. Anyway, you got an accent there. Suddenly. Right. <laughs> uh, to try to find a way, like, what can you do? What could you lift on their behalf? Like, what could you take off their plate? What mm-hmm. could you, do for them that would help them in this space. I just feel like that's something that so often we just tell people to walk it off or quit your crying or I'll really give you something to cry about. <laughs> yeah, that second one isn't as friendly. The walking it off, though, I, there's a little bit of truth. Again, we only understand and know what we know. The time period is so short. So walking it off, I don't know why that works, but I'm going to tell you to walk it off, right? I can't give you any other information, but walk it off. That works yeah. for me, right? Why? Because... Your family member doesn't want to see you in pain or difficulty, right? They want to try to help strengthen you and shore you up. And so that was the best way they knew how. Is there some truth in that now? Yeah, actually, when you have built up anxiety and things in your body, walking it off is a great tool. He may not have known why. Now, you know. Well, he wasn't talking about being sad and walking off. He was like. Stop your crying. (laughs) He was talking about like you you twisted your ankle. Well, you should just walk on that. That's what he meant. He didn't mean like, oh, you're sad. Maybe you should go for a walk. That's yeah, not what yeah. he said. No, that's where you would need yeah. the rest and to yeah. actually put it up. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. We, let's put that in context. <laughs> um, but if you think about depression, and um, and I'm, I want to point this out, is that depression is one of the stages of grief, right? And so we're grieving things right now that we've lost or that have changed or that have become difficult or have become uncertain. And when we think of depression as, okay, this person is in a deep state of grief that has gone on too far. Now we can have a little more compassion for each other, right? Uh, 
how you deal with something maybe you go into isolation and shut down versus maybe your neighbor is angry or they're in denial or they're uh, in shock right now uh, when you think of it in terms instead of this is the result of something else behind that depression is fear and loneliness and loss and just a, a multitude of things that you may have experienced just in the past few months i keep saying few months but it keeps getting longer and yeah, longer right yeah. uh then now we have a different perspective uh so that angry person that you encountered who you know is just spouting off there's a lot of you know fear and upset and um you know just so there's uh, i actually am picturing in my mind a graphic i saw this morning of all the multitude of things that can be behind that now we can go to each other okay what can i do to help alleviate how can i reassure what action can i take uh, we were just talking about this right before we uh, came on and that sometimes we think, okay, we go to someone and we say, you know, what do you need? And that just gave them something else to have to figure out and decide whatever it is that you're great at, that they know you for. If you're the friend that um, makes great like flower bouquets, take them a flower bouquet. They love you because of that. And they'll know that when you bring them something like that, that that's your act of love, that that's something that you consider and you were hoping it was going to make uh, their day better. If you're great at making a casserole or you're great at making a meal, you know, double up the batch for dinner tonight and take that to a neighbor uh do it even if you don't know if they're struggling right now because you know what we can all use a little bit of good uh in our everyday yeah because there's people in our lives that are um i want to say proud but not like in a fun way they're proud of not needing help and they're definitely not going to ask for help, mm -hmm. right? Because there's something in their head that a, a, a short circuit that makes them not want to ask for help. Right. And so they're not asking for help doesn't mean that they don't need help. Mm -hmm. So, like you say, if there's something that you can do, don't wait to be asked to do it. Mm -hmm. Like just go do that thing. No one's going to turn down, right? You know, a pot of chili or a no. casserole, or absolutely a, not. You know, a flower thing or a, some you know, pumpkin whatever. bread, zucchini <laughs> bread. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I just feel like in this world, you guys, in this pandemic, masking, electoral college, racially divided world, people have to see, like we all. You guys, we all have to get out there and do unexpected good, you mm -hmm. know, unrequested good. You know, there's enough unrequested, unexpected bad happening. And so if you're a good person, if you think that you're a good person, whether you're a Jesus person or not, if you fancy yourself as a good person, like do unexpected good because the world is dying for it. Yeah, I think there's two scriptures I want to end with um, because they bring me comfort, especially in knowing in the context of knowing how God created us. And the first one is in John sixteen thirty three. This says, In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And in that I read, I have overcome the world. And part of how he has overcome the world and really seated us for uh, greatness and for 
success is that he made us to heal, that you have inside of you what you need right now to actually overcome the difficulties that you're facing. And the second one is this, when you're feeling like, I'm not sure about that, it's First Peter 5, 7 that says, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He sees you and he hears you and he's working for your good. Don't ever question or underestimate that. That's so good. That's a great place to land. So that's it. That was this episode of the whole podcast on depression. Um, If you are, uh, listen, if you're suffering from depression, find help. Like, I wish I could give you an 800 number to give right now. Right. We'll put it in the footnotes. It'll be in the footnotes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so to find help, it's not, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you anything but a normal human being to need help. And so go find it. And so, like I said, we'll put in the footnotes where to find more help on that. Uh, If you'd like more information on Journey to Wholeness, which we identified as maybe the second stage Mm -hmm. after you've tried all the self-help self-remedy, home remedy things, maybe Journey to Wholeness. How could they get involved in, in Journey to Wholeness? Go to J, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. And we have lots of resources and groups and uh, podcasts that you can listen to uh, to help you in your journey. There's also the next step after that. Uh, Pastor Becky talked about uh, getting involved in a faith community. Uh, if you already have a faith community, find out where and how they're meeting. They might just be meeting online. They might be meeting in small groups. They might be whatever it is. Find a way to get connected. If you're not connected now, find a way to be around people. Even if even if you don't find yourself as a people person, mm-hmm. there's still uh, a positivity that happens in being surrounded by good thoughts, good wills, good spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like so you're find in that fusion of good each week. Yeah, for sure. And so if you don't have a place like that, uh, know that we've got places like that uh, at Life Church. You can join us online at any time. Um, on demand for our church services. There's also pocket churches that get together, uh, lots of them on Sundays. Uh, we also have uh, Life Church downtown, which gets together mm-hmm. uh, in person on Sunday nights here and in, they'll feed you. in Green Bay. <laughs> yes, where we'll feed you, uh, for real. We have dinner, we watch the sermon, and then we talk about the sermon. We connect over the sermon because uh, there's a group of people like us that just, it's not enough to be lectured. It, takes much more than that. And so we work things out together. So if you're looking to connect, there's plenty of ways to connect. Uh, please do that. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please uh, share it with someone that you feel might benefit from these words. We also uh, uh, welcome you to subscribe to this podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're able to support our podcast efforts, the there's this and there's like five other podcasts that we mm-hmm. do here at Life Church that we feel are life-giving trying to live up to our um, mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the people of the 920 and beyond. And so if you can help support that, please visit uh, lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give uh, and help us support that way. Is there anything else I should be talking about, Becky? That's it. I hope you have a great, great week and keep listening. Talk to you later.